Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's your host, DJ Hamilton, and welcome back to the DJ Sports Show. Today, I'm recording this on August 4th at 12.47 p.m. on this humid day here in West Haverhill, Show, New York. I'll be talking about Deshaun Watson and his suspension for the first six games of the NFL season. NFL appealed it recently. Juan Soto again traded to San Diego Padres. Brittany Griner, who was sentenced to nine years in prison by Russia after smuggling weed a few months back in the country, which she didn't mean to, but we're going to talk about that and probably get into a little more in the podcast. But those are the three I definitely want to touch base on in this podcast, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you guys are tuning into my articles on djsportshow.com. I write about various sports from MLB to NBA, NFL, soccer, you name it. And continue to tune into the podcast. So you subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, etc. And so forth. Make sure you shout it out on the Google Podcast too. Whatever you listen to your podcast, shout it out and shout out the website as well. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. And I hope you guys enjoy. Let's do it. I want to first start off with Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson um, serving a six-game suspension for violating the NFL's conduct policy. It has been a long process for the quarterback as the NFL has finally come to a verdict on the punishment for the star quarterback by suspending him for the first six games of the season. The six-game suspension will be without compensation, but he will not be fined for violating the league's personal conduct policy following accusations of sexual misconduct. The disciplinary officer, Sue L. Robinson, issued her ruling in a 15-page report saying that the league recommended suspending Watson for the entirety of the 2022 season. NFLPA repealed, appealed um, Robinson's ruling on Thursday. And if the league um, were to make an appeal, which they did, the NFL Commissioner or signee will issue a written decision that would constitute full, final, complete disposition of the dispute per terms of Article 46 in the league's collective bargaining agreement. Robinson concluded that Watson's misconduct, quote, does not fall into the category of violent conduct that will require a minimum six-game suspension. The ruling came to a verdict by studying 32 previous suspensions under the league's conduct policy since they've had since 2015. And in past suspensions to Johnny Manziel and Greg Hardy, they were suspended for only four games. And then Ray Rice in 2014 was suspended just two games for beating down his wife. He was suspended two games. 
He did something way worse than what Watson did. Robinson ruled that Watson is to limit his massage therapy to club-directed sessions and club-approved massage therapists for the duration of his career and so imposed this mandate as a condition to his reinstatement. She also ruled Watson to, quote, to have no adverse involvement with law enforcement and must not commit any additional violations of the policy. Watson has been in training camp trying to get ready for the team's upcoming season. If the league appeals and the suspension is upheld, Watson will be able to practice with the team and participate in preseason games. He will also be able to return to practicing with the team during the second half of the suspension in week four, according to the CBA, but will not be allowed to during the first half of the season. He won't be eligible to play until October 23rd against the Baltimore Ravens at Baltimore, and he will be missing out missing out on a lot of money. He will miss six of his 57,500 game checks in 2022 for a total of $345,000 loss off his $1.035 million base salary. That doesn't seem like much considering he's guaranteed a league-high $230 million. That includes a base salary of $46 million in 2023 and $44.9 million signing bonus. Can the polarizing Watson ignore the distractions off the field to get back to the dynamic star quarterback he was? Before all the allegations came, we shall wait and see what ultimately happens and what should be an interesting NFL season. I'm interested to see what's going to happen once he comes back because Cleveland Cleveland fans are already embracing him. He's at training camp doing his thing. He's been doing well at training camp, according to reports. But with the NFL appealing the decision that Watson, ruling that Watson should be suspended six games, so Robins, Sue L. Robinson does not agree that he should be suspended six games. But the NFL wants him to be suspended as much as a year. But of course, they're not going to get that. So the NFL on Wednesday appealed the six-game suspension for Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. According to ESPN staff writer Jake Trotter, they're seeking a tougher penalty under the league's personal conduct policy in wake of the disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson's ruling on Monday. So in a statement, the league said they notified the NFL Player Association that it would appeal and then file this brief Wednesday afternoon, which they did. And the league said NFL Commissioner Archie Goodell will determine who would hear their appeal. Under the CBA, Goodell has the option to consider the appeal himself or can appoint designing to do so. This will be a legacy moment for Roger Goodell as NFL Commissioner. He didn't throw a harsh punishment on Ray Rice when he literally beat down his wife in the elevator and we saw the footage and the proof. When he punched his wife, she was bleeding on the head, everything. He literally beat her down. We saw I was a freshman in high school when that happened. I was my mouth dropped with what I saw. I couldn't believe that happened. And they only gave him two games suspended for the season. That right there, he should have been thrown out the NFL or suspended at least a season. This is that was way worse than what Watson has done. Even though what he's done is not right. Ray Rice was way worse. So the union also had the right to appeal Robinson's ruling. And issue a statement Sunday night saying it would stand by her decision and not appeal regardless of the result and called on the league to agree to the same. So the NFLPA has until today, Friday, to follow a written response to the NFL's appeal. And sources told ESPN's Jeff Thornton on Wednesday that the NFLPA was preparing to sue the NFL in federal court if it appealed Robinson's decision. And once the Player Association files its response, Goodell will decide to hair the appeal himself or appoint a designee. Our source told Darlington on Wednesday that he has yet to formalize a decision on who will do it, and that will be followed by a hearing date. 
Any appeal must be limited to arguments from the evidentiary record from the three-day hearing before Robinson in late June and, quote, without reference to evidence or testimony not previously considered. It will be processed on an expedited basis according to NFL's personal conduct policy. Although NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy said there is no timeline for Goodell or his designing to make a ruling. Whenever a ruling is made, it will be final and binding to all parties. And while this was all happening, Watson was on the field during training camp when the news broke at about 4 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, and the team official had to go out onto the field and inform him of the NFL's decision. The Browns organization had no comment on the NFL's decision Wednesday as they were just trying to focus on football and gearing up for the season. So Robinson issued a 16 suspension on Monday in her 16, 15-page report, whatever you want to call it. She found that Washington engaged in conduct that posed a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person and conduct that undermines or puts at risk the integrity of the NFL. And Robinson wrote that the NFL recommended that Watson be suspended for the entire 2022 regular season and postseason. So the NFL wants to re- suspend him for the whole season, while Robinson says just six games. So I believe six games is right, maybe. Maybe people expected harsher the whole season, but I believe Watson's character. I think he didn't mean to hurt anybody. He believed he didn't hurt anybody. And what Ray Rice did was way worse, and he received a much lesser punishment for what he did compared to what Watson did when he said he had sex with those women consensually. He didn't force by himself on anybody. I believe his words. Everybody, everybody that speaks about Watson that known him from college to NFL, his teammates have said he's a good person, has a good heart. Everybody's nice to everybody. So, six-game suspension, I believe, is right. And if NFL, if whatever happens, whatever the NFL gets their um, decision of spending for a year, it's ultimately up to Roger Goodell. He's the commissioner of the NFL. It's his decision. This is his legacy right here. Everybody, everybody has controversial remarks on his legacy. Some people think he's a good commissioner. Some don't think he's the best. But, hey... This is your defining moment right here. What are you going to do with this Deshaun Watson situation? Are you going to make the right decision? Or are you going to blow it once again? So the next topic I want to talk about is WNBA star Brittany Griner was sentenced to nine years in prison um, just yesterday by the Russian court and expected conclusion to her trial that should allow negotiations for a prisoner swap to accelerate between the U.S. and Russia. And a lot of people have been speculating that Russia's doing this to try to get back at the U.S. with, because they know they have a strained relationship over the, the decades and and throughout history. Um, Griner, who was arrested back on February 17th for bringing um, cannabis into the country, had been prepared for a harsh sentence. Um, but she and her supporters have also been aware that Russia was not going to move forward with a trade that could bring her home until her trial was completed. Now that it's completed and they have made their verdict, now the U.S. and Russia are trying to negotiate a potential swap for Griner, give them a prisoner. Um, for Griner to come back to the U.S. Um, she pleaded guilty back on July 7th, even though the case continued under Russian law. During sentencing, Judge Anna Satanakova said she had found that Griner intentionally broke the law and also fined her 1 million rubles, about $16,700. Um, Satanakova said the time Griner has served in custody since her arrest in February will count toward the sentence. And Griner reacted to the sentence with little emotion, listening to the verdict with a blank stare on her face. And as she was let out of court, Griner said, I love my family. 
When the nine-year sentence was close to the maximum of 10 years that Garner had faced under the charges and prosecutors had asked for a nine-and-a-half-year sentence, her defense lawyers said they would appeal, and the defense team said that in sentencing the court had ignored all evidence they had presented and Garner's guilty plea. Defense attorney Maria Blago-Valina told reporters that Garner was very upset, very stressed, and she can hardly talk. It's a difficult time for her under Russian law. Um, she has 10 days to appeal, and her lawyers said they expect a hearing in Moscow Regional Court next week. U.S. President Joe Biden issued a statement on the verdict that referred to Garner as a wrongfully detained, a destination U.S. officials have used since May and called for her release. And he stated, quote, Today, American citizen Brittany Garner received a prison sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. It's unacceptable, and I call on Russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife loved ones, friends, and teammates. Off the court, the U.S. Embassy's charge affairs Elizabeth Rood called the verdict a miscarriage of justice. WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert and NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said in joint statements on Thursday, the verdict and sentencing called it unjustified and unfortunate, while Griner's WNBA team also tweeted a statement of support and the WNBA Player Association said it's just time for Griner to be returned to the U.S. The WNBA and NBA's commitment to her safe return has not wavered, and it is our hope that we are near the end of this process of finally bringing BG home to the United States. WNBA PA, the National, Women's National Basketball Players Association, um, did a statement on Twitter stating, Today's verdict and sentence, while inedible, is disappointing. The unjust decision today is what it, it is unjust. It is a terrible blow. Whatever conversation Secretary Anthony Blinken and his Russian counterpart need to have. We trust that we are having them with all deliberate speed because it's time. It's just time. And for those of you who don't know, it is illegal to bring drugs into Russia, especially weed. Any type of drugs. And she unintentionally brought a vape with her and weed. She didn't mean to bring it into Russia. She had no intention of breaking law or trying to do any harm to anybody. And they have a very, very strict policy about that in Russia. And now look look what what she's been through over the last few months. If she, if she if they're not able to agree on a swap, Russia and the United States, well, hopefully they are able to. So she can see her loved ones, and things like that. And then she really, her career might be over, which is really sad to say. To be detained just for bringing Reed into a country when she didn't mean no harm to anybody, is crazy. And I just hope all these things get figured out. I hope there's a solution to the problem. And Griner, she has been trying to stay positive throughout this difficult time in her life. She has apologized to her teammates, fans in the city of Ekaterinburg, where she has played during WNBA offseason since 2014. She stated, I have never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to put in jeopardy the Russian population. I never meant to break any laws here. I made an honest mistake and I hope that in your ruling that it does end my life here. She also addressed the political reality of her detention, stating, I know that everybody keeps talking about political pawn and politics, but I hope that is far from this courtroom. Her attorneys were kind of hoping for some leniency to, to, um, toward the Russian court, um, but they didn't get it from them. Of course, they weren't going to be lenient on something they're very strict about in their country, and they're going to follow those protocols. So, 
Well, it's just a very sloppy, messy situation, this Brittany Garner situation over the last, what, six months now? It's been half a year now she's been detained in Russia. She hasn't been in the U.S. for six months going on now. February 17th, we're in August now. So hopefully the situation gets figured out soon, and hopefully Biden and the U.S. Supreme Court can figure out a swap for her, for a prisoner that can go to Russia, for her to come back to the U.S., and hopefully she'll be able to be happy again with her family and play in the WNBA once again. So it's now let's get into some baseball. As earlier this week, the San Diego Padres acquired superstar outfitter Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell from the Washington Nationals. Um, the price for the Padres was far from cheap. Um, the return package going to the Nationals included prospects such as left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore, outfielder Robert Hassel III, shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder James Wood, and right-handed pitcher Darlin Susanna. And Washington also gets first veteran first baseman and designated hitter Lou Voigt. So the Padres on Tuesday also executed an additional deal before the trade deadline when they acquired third baseman and utility man Brandon Drury from the Cincinnati Reds in exchange for a shortstop prospect, Victor Acosta. The original iteration of the deal with the Nationals cannot be executed after San Diego first baseman Eric Hosmer initially refused to remove Washington from his no-trade list. He instead was later shipped by the Padres to the Boston Red Sox for them to conclude the deal and be successful with the deal to obtain Soto. Soto is one of the best young players in the league. He's a two-time All-Star who won this year's Home Run Derby. And he enriches the Padres as a historically talented 23-year-old hitter whose early career peers are almost all Hall of Famers in baseball lore. Some of them include Ted Williams, our top 10 all-time great. You have Archie Vaughn, who's in the Hall of Fame as well. Jimmy Fox and Mel Ott, all all-time greats right there. That's the type of company he's in. And for his first four or five years of his career, he has an on-base percentage or on-bat percentage, OBP, whatever it stands for, of .427. That's higher than Vaughn's, higher than Jimmy Fox's, higher than Mel Ott's. Just behind Ted Williams, who had a .481, which was, it was just astounding. Like, that's, that's crazy. Y'all, if y'all, anyone who understands baseball know how insane that is. So him... Soto now going to a team, leaving the Nationals, which is beneficial for him because the Nationals, they were not going in the right direction after winning the World Series early in his career. The organization was going down here. They weren't going in the right direction. They were losing. They weren't winning. And it was kind of wasting his talent. Now going to a team that has other stars, such as shortstop Fernando Titus Jr. and third baseman Manny Machado near the top of the Padres lineup to form a big three, they have the chance to make some noise in the MLB this season and for the future. If they keep this core together, they have a chance to be really, really good. And Fernando Titus Jr., he's only 23 years old as well. He's very, very young. So this could be a really good young core. Manny Machado, I'm going to look him up right now. He is 30 years old. So he's on the elder side, but he still has a few years left in the league to make a real impact. So... And Manny Machado, he's been a six-time All-Star, All-MLB first team. He's been a Gold Glove Award recipient. He has, he's been one of the best players in the league now for like the last half decade. So it's going to be real interesting to see how these guys really pan out. And this is what Titus had to say. Um, quote, we feel like we're going to put up a show and it's going to be really fun to watch. Titus has known Soto since they were teenagers in the Dominican Republic. And he stated, we have the talent. 
of a possible World Series return. We definitely have the talent and we have the team to do it. Now it's up to us to put the work out there and make it happen. So Soto, I remember doing a podcast, which was the last episode. Y'all should go check out. He turned down a 15-year, $440 million contract offer from the Nationals to a deal with the Padres. He didn't want to stay with them. They weren't winning. And the organization just, he didn't want to waste his career, his best career years there. The Nationals did not want to raise their offer any more than what they were offering him. So that's why, that's when he went to the trade market. And now that's why he's on the Padres. San Diego, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the St. Louis Cardinals also try to match up their best offers for the Washington Star. But Washington general manager Mike Rizzo said, we set the bar very, very high and one team exceeded it. And that's the deal we made. Props to the San Diego Padres. They're not afraid and ownership's not afraid. And A.J. Preller is not afraid. And they were aggressive, and we made a deal that you call historical. They were very strong in the pursuit for Soto. Other franchises, the Dodgers and St. Louis Cardinals, were trying to get Soto, but they didn't want to give up the valuable pieces of their organization. They tried to get Soto. They didn't want to give up some assets to get him because the Nationals were asking for a lot back for a 23-year-old generational talent such as Soto. And ultimately, um, Preller stated ultimately we're looking at it as three years three pennant races with three with one of the best hitters maybe the best hitter in the game that's a long time we'll have time to figure out down the road the long-term commitment you're talking about a 23 year old who won a world series a batting title is a perennial mvp candidate at that age i think we're on the same page what it meant for our franchise the padres might be one of the most alluring type destinations san diego california is a destination most people want to live if they like hot weather like stuff to do outside of a professional activity whether it's playing baseball mlb nfl nba whatever there's a lot to do in california so it's a very attractive market soto's batting average this season is 0.246 which is well below his career average of 0.291 he leads in major leagues in walks he's the only active player to have more walks than strikeouts in his career and is among the leaders in home runs this season with 21. He's coming off a really big July when he hit .315 slash .495 and .616 with six home runs. He and all-star closer Josh Hader stated, the atmosphere here is they want to win and not just go to the playoffs, but win a World Series. He was, Josh Hader was also obtaining the trade on Monday and another big deal with the Milwaukee Brewers by the Padres. In Soto, the Padres will receive a hitter with an uncommon eye and power against the baseball. He's the golden combination that could lead a man to turn down such a lucrative deal, such as $440 million. He debuted in the MLB at 19 years of age, and he has been a, one of the greatest hitters the game has ever seen, slashing .291, .426, and .537 with 119 home runs, 358 RBIs, 464 walks, and 414 strikeouts in his career thus far. And San Diego began much-needed help at the right field spot where they have gotten just three home runs this season. He helped lead the Nationals to the first championship in 2019. And even as Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, and Anthony Rendon left from free agency or trades, he remained in Washington as a loyal member of the organization, and he wanted a team to carry that mantle for the franchise. But fortunately, they missed the playoffs the next two, three seasons. The organization wasn't going in the right direction, and they weren't putting the right pieces around him to help him succeed and win. And that's why he wanted to trade, and that's why he didn't want to sign a 15-year extension, which would have kept him there as part of the organization 
until the end of his career, he would have been 38 years old when that deal would have been expired. So he thanked the team in a series of tweets early Wednesday morning, writing, I will always feel honored to have been a national after being traded. And yeah, it's going to, I can't, it, they're going to be make some noise in the MLB at this big three. I forgot if they're in the American League or I think they're in the American League. I don't think they're in the National League. The Padres, so the Padres, let's check. Yes, they're in the National League. Padres are second in the NL West, 61 and 47 right now, behind the Dodgers, who are 72 and 33. They have one of the best records in the NL, actually, just behind the Dodgers. Dodgers, you have the Philadelphia Phillies. No, they have a better record than the Phillies. They, um, just behind the New York Mets, the Dodgers, and the Atlanta Braves. Everybody else, they have a better record than as we speak right now. And we're more than midway past the se- midway point of the season. We're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, which I believe start in September. So MLB teams are getting closer, either late September or October, something like that. The playoffs start. So Swan Soto, one of the best players in baseball, is now San Diego Padre. And the Padres are going to need him. You know, they already have Titus and Montado if they want to reach the World Series aspirations. They're 22nd in home runs in the league this season, according to lineups.com. They are 27th in stolen bases, which is something Soto could definitely help out with in that department. 15th in CS. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what that stat means, but it probably is not a good thing being 15th in that. Um, 13th in strikeouts. 15th in averages. And they're 22nd and slugging percentage, which is something I think will improve when you have one of the greatest hitters in the game as part of your franchise. So Soto is now a member of the San Diego Padres, and we'll ultimately see what kind of noise they can make this postseason as the postseason continues to get closer. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. Coming back, I want to talk about LeBron James and the Lakers having a meeting, possible talks of a possible contract extension as his current contract will expire after this upcoming NBA season. There's been a lot of talk about him wanting to play with his son. Wherever his son goes, he'll go to end his career. So coming back from Brooklyn again to that. So don't go anywhere as we still have lots to talk about on the DJ Sports Show. We'll be right back. If I could give an athlete one piece of advice, it'd be to find a rival, someone committed to taking you down. And then we to feel like they should scare you into starting early and staying late. They might be far away or across town. They might be family, but they should make you obsessed. Like this time, it's personal obsessed. And they'll bring you pain and frustration. You will hate them, but then you'll respect them and love them. Because that rival that wants to take you down 
is gonna make you raise your game even higher. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, as I wanna switch over to the NBA as Los Angeles Lakers superstar forward LeBron James and Lakers had a productive discussion on Thursday about their future together with Rich, him, Rich Paul, his agent, and CEO of Clutch Sports Group. No deal has been agreed upon yet as they're looking to try to do a contract extension for the superstar forward who's getting there, up there in age, going to be 38 years old on December 30th this year. And he has made it very clear with his son, now senior in high school, Bronny James, that he wants to play alongside his son upon his arrival in the NBA. Whether that's so LeBron, he his contract, current contract, he's getting he's entering his finals contract year worth forty four and a half million. He'll be thirty eight years of age when his current deal is up. The maximum length of a contract a player age thirty or older can sign is two years according to the NBA CBA. He has until June thirtieth to sign the extension before becoming an unrestricted free agent next season. And it's possible he could seek a one year extension worth $47 million for the 2023-24 season with an additional year with a player option for 2024-25, which will likely be his final season. Even though that seems great and all, his eldest son, Bronny, like I just stated before, will be a senior in high school, which will make him eligible for the 2024 NBA draft, should he be good enough. Because Bronny, I don't even know if he's projected to be a first-round pick in the 2024 NBA draft. He, he doesn't look like a top-notch NBA player, so we don't really know if he's going to make it to the NBA after one year of college, he might need a few years, which we don't know if LeBron will still be in the league after a few years. So him putting a lot of pressure on his son, I don't think is he shouldn't. It's not warranted. I don't think he's doing his son, his son a, a favor by putting all this pressure on him. Let him develop at his own pace. See what happens. Maybe he does become one of them. Maybe he does grow a few inches. We'll see what happens. But you putting all this pressure on him to looks and make it seem like he's going to be a one and done or even after two years of college. We don't know. We don't know if he's actually that type of player. Is he a franchise cornerstone? We don't think so. NBA scouts are not looking at him that way. Hence why he's not even projected to be a lottery pick in 2024. And, he, and LeBron has repeatedly stated that he would love to play with his son on the NBA roster before he retires. And his youngest son, Bryce James, is already taller than Bronny. He's 6'6", and he's a freshman in high school, and he already looks more promising than Bronny does. But by the time Bryce graduates high school and, and tries to make it to the NBA, if he's good enough, LeBron will be retired already. So his best bet is playing with Bronny. And we don't know if Bronny's going to be good enough. LeBron has made it clear he wants to play with his son. So if you're telling me if, the, if Bronny gets drafted by the OKC Thunder, he's going to go to OKC Thunder. That's why I'm interested to see over the next two, three seasons. That's like, so if LeBron said he wants to play with his son, so. And you know, LeBron, he he does what he puts his mind to. <laughs> He's going to make sure he plays with his son. Lakers have a new coach in Darvin Ham, trying to change the culture. And LeBron just recently became eligible to sign the extension on August 4th, which was yesterday, as I speak today, on August 5th. So. I don't know what LeBron's gonna do. I don't. I I don't believe he will sign the extension. I believe he's gonna play it out so he has a chance to become a free agent. LeBron is very tactical and smart about these situations, which he has been throughout his entire career. So we'll see what happens with LeBron James and his contract extension situation. I don't believe he'll sign it before the season starts. I believe he's gonna play out this current contract he's currently on until it expires next off season and then try to 
work his way from there about his future and see where his son is at in terms of the NBA draft rankings because he wants to see if his son's going to be projected one and done. I think he's going to play it out. He's going to be very smart. LeBron's a very smart man. He's intelligent. He's very clever. And I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to play it out this season, come a free agent next season, and then see what options he has after that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next month or two before this season starts, the 2022-23 season, which will be LeBron's 20th. And I believe he will not be a Laker after this season. I know he loves L.A., but if his son goes somewhere else, he's going to leave the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, that's going to do it for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. I want to focus on three main topics. Deshaun Watson getting suspended the first six games of the NFL season. Brittany Griner getting her sentence from Russia. Hopefully, she can get swapped from the U.S. for another prisoner so she could upstart her career once again. Juan Soto getting traded to the San Diego Padres to form a big three with Manchado and Titus Jr. And hopefully, they can make some noise this postseason in the MLB. And LeBron James... And the Lakers having some talks with no deal yet. I don't think there'll be a deal about a possible contract extension. Um, look forward, guys, to a new series I'm going to start after the 975 series is over. I hope you guys have been tuning into those articles. I've been putting videos lately of the recent legends. I'm going to go back and put videos of all of them so you guys can visually see their greatness of all these 75 greatest players in my list. I didn't copy it at NBA's list. I did my personal 75. And you guys have really been enjoying it. Series called NBA Next, a new era where I'm gonna be talking about some of the we're in a golden era right now of talent in the NBA, the best has ever been. I'm talking about Giannis, who's still young, 27, so I'm talking about him, but also guys like Jalen Green, Chet Holmgren just came in, Paulo Boncaro, everything went by Yama, who's projected to be MVP type player. If he can stay healthy, he's had some injury concerns that red flags to me. But if he stays healthy and builds his body up, he has a chance to be a top 10 player of all time. He can be that special. Look him up. Victor Wambayama. Everybody's calling him the best prospect since LeBron James 20 years ago. 7'3", 7'10", wingspan, defensive anchor, has skills of a guard, can shoot the three. He can do it all. Scoot Henderson. We're going to get into all those guys. Jalen Green, K. Cunningham, Luka Doncic, Trey Young. I'm going to do a series on these individual players, individual articles like I've been doing for the NBA 75 series. But for these guys who are going to carry the league for the next decade to 15 years, Tatum, Zion, Luka, you name it. So this is going to be the same thing, but for these young cats now, the next generation of stars, the guys who are in my generation and after. So I hope you guys continue to tune into the NBA 75 series. I just want to give you guys a shout out to that article series that I'm going to be doing very soon after I conclude my NBA 75 series and I hope you guys are enjoying the content. It's been your host DJ Hamilton. Make sure y'all shout out the website and podcast. I'll see y'all next time.